Bible. If you need a Bible, you can raise your hand and our ushers can grab one for you. But turn and get to John chapter 8 today. We're looking at verses 48 through 59. And today I want to talk to you about saying no to Jesus. Doctors will tell you that if you need to lose weight, if you need to get your heart healthy, if you just need to get your, and just in general, you need to be more healthy, they're going to tell you to eat right. But what's the other thing they're going to tell you to do? Exercise. exercise. We all love to exercise, don't we? Now, exercise, you know, they're going to, you know, can require you to maybe do weight training, stretching, it could be going out for long walks, it could be doing cardio. But it's a lot of different things in order to get yourself healthy. Now, here's the thing about exercise, because most of us, you know, unless you just love to exercise, you're just one of the weird ones. Most people are like, no, no, that's not me, man. So when you are told to start exercising, you, you will probably jump into it for a few days, but then something happens where eventually you start saying, no, I'm not going to get up early. I'll do it tonight. Or I'll, when he, after work, ah, I'm just too tired. No, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. And before you know it, you can easily be start saying no to exercise all the time. No, I don't want to do it today. No, I don't want to do it this morning. No, I, I'm too tired. And we just say no, no, no. And before you know it, you're no longer exercising or you're not doing it. Jesus is having this problem in his ministry. Throughout his ministry, from day one when he, be, he stepped onto the scene and he began to preach to people, teach people, tell people who he was, where he was from, and what his mission was, people used one word to acknowledge that. Do you know what it was? No. There were a lot of people who did not want to believe him. There were a lot of people who didn't accept him. There were a lot of people who just kept rejecting what he was saying, thought he was crazy, didn't want, no, no, no. And that's what we've been seeing in chapter eight, okay? We've been working through the book of John. We've been parked in chapter eight for a number of weeks, and we've seen this. Jesus has been declaring to these people, he's been teaching in the the. the Jewish temple, he's had a crowd of people there, a bunch of Pharisees and religious leaders are there, and he's been telling them, hey, I'm the light of the world, and if you will walk in my light, you will never walk in darkness, and you will have eternal life, and they're like, nah, we don't believe that. And he kept telling, he's like, I'm going to be going away, and where I'm going, you can't come, and, and you're not going to be getting into heaven, and they're like, nah, we don't accept that. And he was like, you know, you're going to die in your sins, and they're like, no, no, we're not. And, and so every time Jesus would say something, people would argue him, debate him, challenge him, ridicule him. Basically, they've just come back to saying one word, no. And they kept saying no to Jesus. And now it culminates here really in the end of chapter 8 to a degree that they've said no to Jesus so many times, they can't, now it's even harder to believe what he has to say. And that's what I want to look at is the longer I say no to Jesus, the harder it is for me. And that's where we're going. So here's the first one. The longer I say no to Jesus, the harder it is for me to accept who Jesus is and what he has to say. So if you look at verse 48, it says, the Jews answered him, 
Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? So they have now the Jews, primarily the religious leaders, but probably even some people, they're responding to what Jesus had just said in the previous verses. These were the verses that we looked at last week, verses 39 through 47. And in those verses, the, the Pharisees and the, some of the people had argued to Jesus about the fact that they were Abraham's seed. They were Abraham's lineage. And they're like, hey, we come from our ancestor Abraham, and we are shoe-ins in eternity. We're getting to heaven. And, and, and they've been arguing with Jesus about this. Well, Jesus is, in those verses, he was like, look, if you really are from the lineage of Abraham, if that's truly who your ancestor is, then why don't you act like him? And one of the things we saw last week was Abraham believed what God said. These people were not believing what Jesus said. And Jesus is like, listen, if you truly were ancestors of Abraham, you would believe me. You would accept me, but you don't. And they were arguing with Jesus about this, kept saying no to him. And Jesus is like, here's the real truth, gang. You're not acting like your father, Abraham. You're not acting like your father, God. You're acting like your father, the devil. He's like, you're acting like your father, the devil, who is a liar and the father of lies. That's who you're acting like. And now they're responding to that. They're basically saying, dude, we're not the one with the demon. You are. Because Jesus was saying, basically, they were hearing Jesus say some stuff that was so cataclysmic outside the box that they were like, there's no way you are a Jew. Because that's why they call him, that they say, you have a demon, and they call him a Samaritan. First, they're saying, you're the one who's demon-possessed. Because the things you're saying, no human ever says. Only a demonic person says what you're saying. And they call him a Samaritan because Jews hated Samaritan people. All right. Remember when we looked at a map, you've got Judea down in the southern Israel, Samaria in the middle of Israel, and Galilee at the northern part of Israel. So the, the, the center part of, of Israel is, is Samaria, and the Jews, they, they wouldn't even travel through Samaria. Because Jewish people looked at Samaritans as mixed breeds. Remember they, that Samaritans were a blend because of their ancestral lineage between Jews and Gentiles. And, 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 and so Jewish people, real 100% Jewish people, looked at Samaritan people as mixed breeds. Mixed breeds heretics, basically. Because Samaritans were a mix of Jew and Gentile, so they believed some of the Old Testament, but not all of it. They followed some of it, but not all of it. So they were idol worshipers. They worshiped false gods. They had this mix of religion. So Jewish people looked at that and said, You're, these people are heretics. So they're looking at Jesus, and these Jewish people are saying to Jesus, you are demon-possessed, and you are a heretic, just like these Samaritan people are. There's no way you are a real Jew because of the things he said. They did not want to hear truth. They didn't want to hear the fact that they were sinners. Does anybody really want to hear the fact that you are a sinner? No. Jesus was just point out blank saying, you guys are sinners. And they're like, no, we're not. He was trying to tell them that because of the way you're acting, you're not going to heaven. You're going to be shut out. And they're like, no, we're not. He's like, you don't know who God the Father is. And they're like, yes, we do. And they kept arguing about everything. They kept saying no. Because they did not want to receive who Jesus was. They didn't want to accept who he was. And they did not want to hear what he had to say. 
That's why they kept challenging him. That's why they kept saying no to him. That's why they kept rejecting what he, everything about him. Because that's why it says, we know we are right. See, the, the Jews, the Jewish people, the, the, the religious leaders, they were like, we're right. You're wrong. We know who we are. You don't. We know where we're going. You don't. And Jesus is like, no, I'm right. You're not. I know where I'm going. You don't. And so Jesus kept challenging these people, but they did not want to accept it. They did not want to receive it. And here's the thing. The longer they kept saying no to Jesus, the more hard their hearts got. I mean, how hard-hearted do you have to be to call someone? I mean, could you imagine someone looking at you going, you're demon-possessed. Tell me, how would, you, how would you take that if someone truly in all their, like everything in them, they've truly believed you have a demon in you? Would you be like, oh, okay. Or would you be like offended at that? Okay. That's how hard-hearted these people's hearts have gotten. How they, they, the, the, the rejection of Jesus, the longer they kept saying no, they got to a point of even be able to, it's name calling time. It's time to be a boy. And they just waylaid Jesus by calling him a Samaritan and a demon-possessed person. The reality is, gang, here's what you and I need to understand. The longer you say no to Jesus, the longer you hear the message of who Jesus is and what he's wanted to do for you, the longer you say no to that. No, no, no. I hear you, Jim, but no. I get that Jesus died on the cross, but no. I know we've got to believe in what, but no, the more you say no, the longer you say no, the harder it is for you to come to accept him. Because the reality is, the longer I say no to, G to Jesus, the easier it is to hear all of the voices from the outside. The voice of the culture, the voice of the world is going to tell you something completely contrary and different to what the Bible has to say. So the more I say no to Jesus, the more I say no to God's word, the easier it is to hear, you know, there's a lot of other religions out there. Why is Jesus the only truth? You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there was other good, yeah, maybe Jesus was a good man and he was a good teacher, but is he truly the only way to God because, you know, I'm hearing that there's a lot of religions, a lot of different avenues to God. So maybe it's just really, if I sincerely believe in something, I'll be okay. I know Jesus taught something, but, but can we honestly say that what he taught is the only truth? Isn't he just one truth and there's a lot of different truths out there? You see, the, more I, the longer I say no to Jesus, the easier I am to be acceptable to hear outside influence. And then before I know it, my mind and my heart is influenced by what the culture says instead of accepting and truly receiving and hearing and saying, I hear what Jesus says and I accept that as the truth. So the longer I say no to Jesus, the harder it is for me to accept who Jesus is and what he has to say. Here's the second thing. The longer I say no to Jesus, the harder it is for me to receive what Jesus has to offer. It's going to be harder to receive what Jesus has to offer. So they flat out call him a Samaritan, say he has a demon. And verse 49, it says, Jesus answers them, I do not have a demon. 
Okay, I just, again, I said this last week, I really wish that, man, you and I could just buzz back in time, sit there in that crowd and watch Jesus' reaction. I would love to see his, his facial reactions on this. I would love to see his body language. When they say, dude, you have a demon. I wonder if Jesus was just like, was he shocked? Or was he just like, no, I don't have a demon. You know, I wonder if he just like crosses his arms and tilts his head, at, you know, like, like scratches his head. I wonder if he like looks around and like, did you just really say that? Really? I would love to know how Jesus really just reacted, but he responds by just simply saying, I don't have a demon. And you notice he didn't even, he didn't even address the Samaritan thing. He's like, okay, I'm not even going to go down that road. You guys are acting like children by even name calling me, so I'm not even going to play that road. But he's like, I don't have a demon. But here's what he does say. He says, I don't have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it. You see, Jesus is um, saying to these people, he's like, look, here's the reality. Um, I'm not here for my glory. I'm here for only one person's glory, and that is to bring glory to the Father. He goes, I don't have a demon. I'm not demon possessed. You all are, because you are not about bringing glory to God. You're about yourself. Me, I'm not about self. I'm not about bringing glory to myself. I just want to bring the one who does seek the glory, and that is God the Father. And that is what my life is 24-7 right now. And you think I'm a demon-possessed man because my life is so contrary to you, you don't understand what it means to bring glory to the Father. You, you bring glory to self. And when you see someone truly living for the Father, truly living to bring glory to the Father, you think I'm demon-possessed, and I'm not. I'm just so radically on fire about bringing glory to God that you don't understand it. And notice, though, he says, I want to honor my father. I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it. Now look at what he says, and he is the judge. He's talking about God the Father. He, he's like, there's going to come a time where God the Father is going to bring judgment and this is what we need to understand. These people didn't understand this because they thought they were shoe-ins for eternity. They thought because they were Abraham's ancestors, they thought because they were children of God, they believed, you know, they were religious and all this stuff. They really believed, hey, we're going to heaven. It doesn't matter. What we're in. And Jesus is like, I'm telling you, God's the judge. And what he means by that is this, God, that there's going to come a time where sin will be judged. Sinful people will be judged. Sinners will be judged. Okay? Now, here's how this applies to you and me. Judgment is going to happen. Sinners are going to be judged. The Bible makes it very clear. Raise your hand if you know this. Who's a sinner? You see, our default nature is not what the culture says. The culture says your default nature is this. You are basically good and everybody goes to heaven unless you're just really, really bad. That's what the culture's default nature says. The Bible says your default nature is the complete opposite, that you are a sinner bound for judgment. That's our default nature. 
That's why Ephesians chapter two, verse three says that we all are sinners. We all um, entertain the flesh. We all live for the passions of the flesh. We all live for our own desires. And by nature, we are objects of God's wrath. By nature, the natural course of our sinfulness, of being a sinner, my natural course is to face judgment. That's the natural course you and I are on. You will face judgment because of your sin. You will face the wrath of God. You will face the judgment of God because of your sin. But look what Jesus says. He says there's going to come a time where God is the judge. But look at verse 51. He says, truly, truly. So he is emphasizing the importance of what he's about to say. He says, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Now, there's three words there that I, you need to under, underline, circle. They're very important. The word keeps, see, and death. These three words are highly important. First, he says, whoever keeps my word, okay? That word keep, and we're going to see that again in verse 50. We're going to see it again in verse 55. But the word keep there means to obey, it means to keep commandments, to do what someone says. So Jesus says, whoever keeps my word will never see death. Well, we need to understand. So Jesus says, whoever keeps my word, whoever obeys my word, whoever, whoever obeys my commands. Now, here's where we need to understand. Here in this verse, and then in 55, we see the word keep twice. They're, they mean the exact same thing, but they're used differently in context. Here, Jesus says, if you keep my word, if you keep my, if you keep my word, you will never see death. So when he says, if you keep my word, if you obey what I say, and in the context of this obedience is obedience in when Jesus constantly says, you must believe in me. That's the command. He says, if you want to see eternal life, you have to believe in me. That's to keep his word. So to keep his word, to obey his word in this sense means, so Jesus says, if I have to believe in him, I obey that. And I believe him. I believe in him as the only way for my salvation. That's what belief in Jesus is. Believing in Jesus is not just head belief. It is head that connects the heart. And the heart goes, Jesus, you are the only thing that I can be forgiven. My, I am a sinner. And I'm about to face judgment. But Jesus, it is believing in you that my sin can be forgiven. Because Jesus says, whoever keeps my word will never see death. Last two words. So you've got keep in the context of believing. Now he says, see death. That word see means to experience. Okay? So Jesus is basically saying, if you obey my word, if you believe me and believe in me, you will not experience death. Now, the death that he's talking about is not physical death. It's spiritual death. Because we're all going to experience physical death. Jesus experienced physical death. Everyone dies physically. But not everybody has to die spiritually. You see, without Jesus, like I said, our nature... By nature, we all are doomed to die spiritually. But Jesus says, if you will believe in me, if you will obey what I say about me, about believing in me, you will never experience spiritual death. And spiritual death is eternal separation from God. 
This is what Jesus has been communicating to these people about dying in their sin. He's like, if you die in your sin, you will be forever shut out of heaven. You're not going. That's why he says, I'm going to a place and you're not going to be able to go because you are a sinner. You're not believing in me. You will die in your sin and you will be shut out of heaven, cast away at judgment time to be sentenced to the reality of eternal hell, separated from God, separated from the presence of Jesus forever. That's eternal death. But Jesus gives us the hope. He gives us the good news where he says, listen, judgment's coming and everybody's going there, but you can miss it. You can miss that judgment if you'll just believe in me. If you will obey what I have been telling people, believe in me, believe in me, believe in me, you will have eternal life. You see, Jesus says it this way in John chapter 3, verse 36. Jesus says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey, same thing, meaning obey to believe. If you're not willing to believe Jesus, it's like you don't have life. You don't have eternal life. You have the exact opposite, eternal death. But Jesus gives us the hope of knowing I don't have to be there. But here's the problem. People keep saying no. All these people that Jesus preached to and taught and, 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 and kept communicating to, they were faced with the same decision you and I are faced today, 2,000 years later. Do I or do I not believe in Jesus? Am I willing to put my faith in Christ and Christ alone? Yes or no? Those are the only two options, gang. Only two options for them, only two options for us. There are people who say yes, and there are people who say no. Those who say yes, there's nothing more to do. But those who say no, guess what happens? They continue to say no. They hear this message. Some of you have been in this church for a long time. And you've heard me preach this message time and time again. But here's what you do. No. And you heard it again. No. And you heard it again. No. And you're hearing it today. What decision are you going to make? Yes or no? If you keep saying no, 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 the harder it becomes to say yes. Because your heart becomes desensitized to your sin. Your heart becomes desensitized to the reality that your sin will separate you from God. Your heart becomes hard to the fact, to the reality, and you think, I'm okay because we all go to heaven. And you believe the lie over the truth and your heart becomes desensitized and you will continue to say no. And the longer that you say no, the harder it will become to say yes. Because you'll believe you don't need it. You believe you're okay. That you'll make a way. You'll figure out a way. But Jesus is making it very clear. Whoever believes in me has eternal life. Whoever does not obey, whoever doesn't keep my word, whoever doesn't believe in me will not have eternal life. So the decision is yours. 
The choice is yours. Do you want to continue to say no to the divine invitation that Jesus has given to all of us? Or do you want to come to that place where you finally say yes and say, Jesus, come into my life? Number three, the longer I say no to Jesus, the harder it is for me to want to understand what Jesus taught. So Jesus said it's a very hard truth to hear by telling him, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Now look at verse 52. And the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? What, who do you make yourself out to be? Okay, can you, can you hear the sarcasm in the voice of these Jewish, leader, of these Jewish religious leaders? Can you hear the, the venom rising up out of their heart toward Jesus? They're like, who do you think you are? You're, you are so out there, man. You are so far from truth. How can you say that anybody who believes in you will never experience death? I mean... Abraham, the greatest person in our history, died. Every prophet that God spoke to has died. How can you, a mere man, tell us if we believe in you, we will never die? You obviously have a demon because you are that crazy. I mean, Jesus just threw the gauntlet down. He's like, here's the truth. You believe in me, you'll never die. But here's the thing. These people, these religious leaders were so fast at rejecting Jesus' truth. They, they, have, they have kept saying no, 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 no to Jesus that they had no interest in saying time out. What do you mean? Because that's confusing, man. I mean, I've seen, I mean, I know everybody dies. They had no interest to just, Jesus, can you, tell me, I don't get this. What do you mean nobody will die if they believe in you? Abraham died, Jacob died, Isaac died, all the prophets are dead. Every king died. How can... No interest. No interest in just finding out the truth. They had no interest in it. Why? Because the longer they said no to Jesus, the less they wanted to really know. The less they wanted to hear the truth. All they wanted was to see Jesus leave, be dead, be gone. They did not want to hear that truth. You see, that's why if you remember... When Jesus, when, the, when the, his disciples asked Jesus, why do you speak in parables? Why don't you just speak plainly so everybody can understand you? And Jesus was like, simple. Because I want people to seek me out. I want people to be real about this. I don't want people just using me as fire insurance. I don't want people just to get on the boat and go, well, I'm in just as long for the ride. He goes, I want people who truly want to know me, who are truly seeking me. And I'm telling you, I'm going to speak in some parables so people, I want to find out, are people just going to, are they along for the ride for more food, 
for healing, for whatever you know, horizontal thing I could give them, or are they truly wanting to go deep? It is no different for you and me today. How many people will sign up to, for Jesus because, well, I don't want to go to hell, so Jesus is going to be my fire insurance, but we just continue to live how we want. We really don't want anything to do with Jesus. How many people just seek Jesus because, well, he'll give me more money, he'll heal my body, he'll heal my marriage, whatever it may be, that's what I want Jesus for. But how many people, because they keep saying no to Jesus, really don't want to dive deeper? How many people really don't want to discover, what does Jesus really want to do in my life? How many people really, you know, the longer I just keep saying no to Jesus, how easy is it for me just to just go along with emotions, just go along with the ride and not really let Jesus transform my life? It's too easy because the longer I say no to Jesus, the less I really want to know him. The longer I say no to Jesus and his word and everything, the less I really want to hear what he wants to do in my life, to impact my life. I just go along for the motions. And these people truly did not want to know more. Here's the fourth thing. The longer I say, to no, say no to Jesus, the harder it is for me to obey what Jesus says to do. It's gonna get harder for you to obey what Jesus says to do. Now let's look at verses 54 and 55. And Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I did not know him, I would be like you. I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. This is Jesus really turning the tables now. Because if you remember, there's been a few times that these religious leaders have, have dug at Jesus. Like a little jab, a little, like, remember last week I said that they were, Jesus was challenging them. And they were like, we're not, we're not like illegitimate children like you. You know, we have, we know who our father is. Who's your father? You know, they were like jabbing him, you know, kind of, you know. Jesus is his, this is his jab. He's like, you know what? I'm not here for my glory. I'm not here for myself. I'm here to bring glory to God. I am here because the, it's all about his, his purpose. That's why I'm here. You see, he, basically he's saying, you all say you know God. You all say that God is, you know, God's your father. You all say you're really, really religious. You all say, but here's the reality. And he's just, like, he's just like saying, you all live for yourself. You don't care about God. That's why he says, you say you know him, but you really don't. Because Jesus is making it very clear. He's like, if you truly know God, and that word know is important, because the word know, it, 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 has, it describes a deep relationship, an intimate relationship. It's not about just knowledge. It's about knowing, okay? You know, for example, Marcy Kinney, I'm gonna pick on you for a second. I'm gonna compare Marcy and Paula. I know Marcy. I know she's a mom of two girls. I know she's a, a wife of Brian. I know that she lives out in the country. I know she is a pharmacist. I don't know her birthday. I don't know her favorite food. I don't know her favorite color. I don't know where she was born. 
I don't know where she graduated high school. I don't know her fears. I don't know what brings her joy. I know her, but I don't know her. I know my wife. I know Paula was born in Bellflower, California. I know her birthday is October 18th, 1968. I know her favorite color is pink. I know she's had breast cancer. I know that she finds joy in laying in bed on a Saturday morning drinking coffee. I know what her fears are. I know what saddens her heart. I know my wife. Do you see the difference in knowing and knowing? Jesus is telling these religious leaders, these Jews, you don't know God. I know God. You only know yourself. You're only about yourself. Me, I'm not about myself because I know my father. And because, and here's the key, he goes, because I know my father, because I know God, I keep his word. Now here it is. Here's that word keep used again. It means the same thing, to obey, to do what, the, what is commanded, to do what someone says, but it's used in a different context. Prior, it was used in the context of believing. Now, it's no longer about just believing, it is about doing. Jesus says, he goes, I know my father. I believe in God, but here's the thing. Here's how you know I know my father. I do what he says. Loved ones, that is key. Because here's the thing. The difference between these two keeps, and, and one is, one's about salvation, one is what happens after salvation, okay? You don't keep the word of God to receive salvation. You don't work and do and earn, you know, try to merit and earn your salvation. You don't receive salvation by your works, but you reveal your salvation by your works. Did you hear that? You don't receive salvation by works, but you do reveal your salvation through works. Because what flows out of me comes from my knowledge, from my intimacy with my relationship with the Father. When I come to know Christ as Savior, I go from being attached from God to being attached to God. I go from being an enemy of God to being a, a friend of God. I go from being outside the family of God to being part of the family of God. That's the relationship I have with Christ and what it does with me, the Father. So when I know Jesus as my Savior, the idea is I have a personal relationship with God. And from that relationship with God, guess what I want to do? I do what he says. Again, I say this all the time. Perfectly? Absolutely not. Progressively? All the time. We progressively strive to do what God's word says. I, I, I have a relationship with Jesus, which puts me in a relationship with God because I know God. I have this relationship. I want to do what he says. So here's the thing. Again, you and I, we have a choice. Yes or no to do what God says. So here's the reality. The longer you say no to doing what God says, guess what? It becomes harder to do it. I know I'm supposed to serve. Bible tells me I'm supposed to serve. But the more I say no to serving, I don't want to be involved in ministry. I don't want to do anything in ministry. I like just showing up on Sunday. Not really, not, I don't want to be involved. The more you say no to that, 
the easier it is to not do it. The harder it is when asked, hey, can you step up in the ministry? Guess what the first word will come out of your mouth? No, because that's been the condition of your heart. I know we are to gather together as God's people to worship, but the more I say no to Jesus, the more I say no to doing his word, no, I don't want to go to worship today. No, I don't want to go to worship next week. And here's what happens. The more I say no to going to worship, guess what happens? The more easier it is to not go. It's just easier to just stay home. Watch it online. That's just easy. It's easier to go, man, we got things to do on Sunday. Let's not go to church. The more I say no to worship, the easier it is to stay away. The Bible tells us not to be anxious and to worry about anything. Well, the more I say no to reading God's word, because the Bible tells us that it's through the word of God that my faith is built up. It strengthens me spiritually. So the more I say no to the word of God, the more I say no to reading the word of God, the more I say no to studying the word of God, the more I say no to hearing the word of God, guess what I start to do? I start to worry more, and I start to be anxious more, and I start to listen. Well, I'm going to listen to Fox News more. I'm going to listen to ABC News more. I'm going to listen to NBC News more because they know what they're talking about. And the more we hear that, instead of hearing what God says, the more my heart is filled with fear and anxiety and worry. You know, this morning we talked about giving. The Bible makes it very clear that you and I are to give, we are to tithe. But the longer I say no to that, the longer I say no to giving, the longer I say no to tithing, the longer I do it, guess what? The harder it becomes to do it. Because listen to me, if you can't give when you have a little, can I tell you how hard it is to give when God gives you plenty? You've got to train yourself and teach yourself that in, the, in the, the, the smallness of my money, in the littleness of my money, in the leanness of my money, I still give. So that way when I do end up having more, it's just a natural response. But the more I say no, I don't want to give, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give, the harder it will be to do it. So the more I say no to keeping the word of God, the more I say no to obeying the word of God, the more I say no to not wanting to do the word of God, the harder it becomes. So as a believer in Jesus Christ, you're not going to obey perfectly. We all know that. We're all, we all, as James says, we still all stumble. But the reality, the honesty of it is, Every day when we are faced with doing the word of God, is it just easier to say no to it or easier to say yes to it? You see, again, a choice, yes or no. Fifthly, the longer I say no to Jesus, the harder it is for me to believe what Jesus came to do. It is harder for me to believe what Jesus came to do. Look at verses 56 and 57. Jesus says, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. Again, Jesus is referring back to Abraham because these people keep bringing up Abraham. So Jesus is like, okay, I'm just going to talk about Abraham again. Remember, Abraham is mentioned in Genesis chapters 12 through like 19 or so. And, and, and Jesus is like, hey, here's what I can tell you. Um, Abraham saw my day and he was like, woohoo, that's awesome. And he's like, he rejoiced over it. And, um, but look at what they say. Here's how much they believe Jesus in this. Look at verse 57. 
And the Jews said to him, you're not even 50 years old and you have seen Abraham? Some manuscripts, and you may even have a footnote, it says, and Abraham has seen you? You see, they're like, no, no, dude, you are so whacked. You're, you're not, you look how young you are. And you're saying that Abraham saw you. I don't think so. But Jesus is saying, yes, he did. Because when you go back, now here's, when he says that, that Abraham saw his day and he rejoiced in it, it could mean a couple different things. Because when you go back to Genesis, God spe- speaks to Abraham and it says, you are going to be blessed I'm going to bless you, Abraham. I'm going to make a covenant with you. And every nation on earth will be blessed through you. It's like Abraham knew that blessing and salvation was going to come through him someday. And he, he by faith, could see that. But here's the other thing I think also it could apply to. When, the, when these Jews said, you're not even 50, and you're saying that Abraham saw you, yes, they did. He did. Because if you go back to um, uh, Genesis it actually says that there was a time that it says that the Lord appeared to Abraham. It was a pre-incarnate appearing of Christ. Now that was before Sodom and Gomorrah and Christ was, going to, was telling him what's going to happen to Sodom and Gomorrah. But I sit and go, I wonder if the convert, because I mean, you know, we don't have everything that Jesus ever said. Okay? Only part of it. Only a, a little bit. I, I sit and wonder, did Jesus have a longer conversation with Abraham maybe? Did Jesus maybe in that pre-incarnate period go, Abraham, I'm from your loins. And I'm the savior of the world. And I will die for the sins of people and to forever free them. And I wonder if that's what Jesus is saying. He's like, I saw Abraham. And Abraham saw what I was going to do. And he rejoiced in it. He was so excited about the fact that I would be the savior of the world, that I would be the lamb of God, the light of the world. And whoever believes in me will have eternal life. I truly believe that's what, 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 how Abraham could see this thing and go, I get it. You are who you are. And I am so excited about this. I wish I could be alive in that day. But he would die. And he would never see it come to fruition. But he saw it by faith. He saw it with his eyes of faith to go, I believe this, that There's a savior coming and that he will save the world. You and I, same choice today. Can you believe that Jesus came to do what he said he came to do? He came for a mission and his mission was simple. Jesus says, I've come to seek and save the lost. I've come to save sinners. That's his whole mission summed up in one little sentence. I've come to save sinners whom we all are. But the longer I say no to Jesus, the harder it is for me to believe that and accept it. The harder it is for me just to live in myself, the harder it is for me to hear that, I just keep living for self. I just keep making my own plans. I keep just, I keep trying to get to heaven. Jesus says, I've come to die for you, for your sins. Can you believe that? Can you come to the place of acknowledging Jesus' mission. Can you come to the place of acknowledging you are a sinner and you are bound for judgment and there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. There's nothing you can do to get you to heaven. Nothing except one thing. Believe in Jesus. To put your faith utterly in him. To say, Jesus, I know I'm lost. 
Jesus, I am a sinner, and I believe you came to die for my sin. And Jesus, come into my life and save me, because without you, I know I have no hope. That is what we need to get after. But the longer you say no to Jesus, that becomes even harder. Again, what decision will you make? And then lastly, the longer I say no to Jesus, the harder it will be for me to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. It's gonna be harder for you to surrender to who Jesus really is. Look at verse 58. And Jesus said to them, truly I, truly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Jesus just throws down the gauntlet on this. He just set it up and he just now proclaims, oh, by the way, I am God. Because when he says, I am, that is the name that God told uh, Moses to, when he went into Egypt to go to his people. And he says, oh, by the way, God sent me. And he was talking to God and he goes, well, who, who, who do I say sent me? He goes, easy, I am sent you. When Jesus says, oh, by the way, before Abraham was, before he was ever living, I was already living because I am. I am the Lord. I am God Almighty. And these people loved what they heard so much, they're like, oh, awesome. No, they picked up stones to stone him. They were going to kill him. And the reason was is because they could not surrender to that. They would not accept that. They could not believe that. And so their only escape was they kept, their heart was so hard, the only thing they could do was let's kill him. Let's stone him because he's blaspheming. Do you know why people do, do you, here's the reality. Do you know why people keep saying no to Jesus, whether as a believer or an unbeliever? Unbelievers keep saying no to Jesus to come to that place to receive him at, by faith and to accept that they are sinners. They keep saying no. A believer you come to the place where, yeah, you believe in Jesus as your Savior, but you keep saying no to obeying him. And here's why. Here's why an unbeliever will say no to Jesus to accept him. And here's why a believer continues to say no to Jesus and obeying him. And it's just this, control. That's it. Because as humans, do any of us want anybody controlling us? No. Who do we want controlling our lives? Just do this. Me. I am in control of my life. I am the captain of my destiny. Don't you dare tell me I can't do that. Don't you dare tell me I can't see that or watch that or go there and be that. I, I do. I'm in control. And so here we have Jesus talking to these people, challenging them, and all the way through, no, 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 only because they refuse to say, we will not surrender to you because then they would have to acknowledge they were wrong. They would have to acknowledge that they were sinners. They would have to acknowledge he was right. Same with you and me today. All of us have to come to the place where can we surrender to the Lordship of Christ? The longer you say no to Jesus, the harder that becomes. Right now in this room, there are three groups of people. One are people who have said yes to Jesus. You've said yes to both believing in Jesus and doing what he says. Man, you put your faith in Christ for your salvation 
And from that salvation flow your works. You serve, you give, you do, you, not perfectly, but man, you're on it. You're just like, I am about honoring God. I want to please him. I want to walk like Jesus did. And you try your best to fulfill the way God says in his word. You know him by faith and you live by faith. That's one group of person. The second group are people in here who say, yes, I believe in Jesus, but you don't obey him. I believe in Jesus. He's my savior, but you don't do anything he says. You say no to the word. You, you, you don't want to serve. You don't want to give. You don't want to do anything. You're just along for the ride. You are a casual follower of Christ. But then there's a third group. And this group are people that you do not know Jesus as your savior, and you continue to say no. No. I hear what you've said. I hear what Jesus has said. I, I acknowledge that, but no. What group do you land in? Your eternal destiny depends on what group you land in. If you don't know Christ today and you, have kept, you just keep saying no to him, your eternal destiny hinges on that. Because if you keep saying no to Jesus and you don't believe in him by faith, you will not be in heaven. You'll be shut out. Because Jesus says, everyone who believes in me has eternal life. Everyone who believes in me will never see death. So if you don't know Christ as your savior, you're facing judgment and eternal death. If you don't know, but, it, but today if you know Christ as your savior, but you keep saying no to him, yes, as Paul says in Corinthians, yes, you will go to heaven, but only like someone just skimming through the flames and you'll lose all your rewards because you live for self. Yes, you, you were saved, but you, you weren't fired up about God. But then those of you, you're saved and you're serving, you're doing, you're trying to live for Christ. You're, gonna, you, you're going to heaven and you're hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. It's about a choice. You're going to either say yes or you will say, say no to Christ. Which one do you continue to say? Are you the person continuing to say yes, yes, God, whatever you want. I, I'm, I want. I want to do my best. Or are you the no person? No, Jesus, I don't want you. No, Jesus, I'm not going to believe in you. Yes, Jesus, I believe in you, but I'm not going to do anything. Which one are you? Let's all bow our heads. Today, I just want you just to evaluate your own life, to examine yourself. Today, I want to ask, are you the no person when it comes to believing in Jesus? Have you continued, to, you know, you've heard me preach this, or maybe you've heard other people say it, and you, you know that you've got to believe in Jesus for your salvation but if you were to be honest with yourself, you would look at your life and go, I have never asked Jesus into my life. I, I've come to church. I, I hear what's been said. I enjoy being here, but I know I, I'm a sinner. But I, I keep saying no to Jesus. Today, you can change that. Today doesn't have to be a no day. Today can be a yes day. And maybe today is your day where you finally... Stop saying no. Stop just hearing the truth and respond to that truth. And the truth is that you are a sinner. 
and you are bound for judgment because of your sin. But Jesus has given us a hope, and he is telling you, you don't have to go to judgment. You can have eternal life if you'll just believe in me. So maybe that's you today. Today, if you want to make sure that you have eternal life, that you will not experience eternal death, but experience eternal life, I want to give you that choice. Would you please just raise your hand and say, Jim, I want that life. I want to believe in Jesus today. That's what I want from me. Would anybody say, Jim, that's me? Just lift your hand. Because I want to pray with you. I don't want you leaving this building without 100% assurance. So I want you to just sit there and ponder that for a second. Here's a second group. If you're a believer, you said yes to Jesus, but you're not doing anything for God. And maybe you've spent too many years of saying no. No to serving, no to giving, no to, to living out his word. You've just been like going, you've just been that casual Christian, just enjoying the benefits, but not doing anything. If that's you, I would challenge you as I close in prayer to recommit your life to God. To recommit your devotion to him and start getting involved start doing what god tells us to do live the word of god don't just be a hearer of it but be a doer of it so those two groups as i pray if you don't know jesus as we close this last song i'm going to be up here during this closing song if you don't know jesus as your savior i would encourage you to come up here and talk to me those of you who are a believer and aren't doing anything, I would encourage you to just right there say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for not being a doer of your word and make that commitment to do it. So Father, I thank you for your word. I know it's truth. I believe in it. And Lord, I just pray that your word has been spoken to people's hearts, that that still small voice of the Holy Spirit has been convicting and really challenging people. That Lord, we would stop being no people and we would say yes to Jesus. And that, Lord, our hearts would no longer be hard and our ears would no longer be um, tuned out. And that the excuses would be gone and we would quit saying no and we'd say, Jesus, yes to you. So, Father, we thank you. We just praise you for your amazing love for us. And, Jesus, thank you for the eternal life we have in you. I pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.